just culture. The Foundation of Staff Safety in the Perioperative Environment by Jennifer Fensel and others. Abstract. In today's perioperative setting, staff members are potentially exposed to a variety of safety and environmental concerns. As healthcare organizations implement measures to provide safe environments for perioperative team members, organizational leaders must pivot away from antiquated mindsets and responses and other hierarchical models of leadership. Foundational to creating and fostering safe environments is providing an atmosphere in which staff members, regardless of their role, are empowered to speak up for safety. This article defines a just culture, explores the critical elements of a just culture, including psychological safety, leader and staff member responsibilities, and staff member empowerment, and provides tools and resources that may be beneficial for leaders who are creating a just culture for staff safety in the perioperative setting. Providing the highest quality of care, ensuring safety in the care delivery model, and preventing harm are all hallmarks of today's healthcare organizations. Staff members working in the perioperative setting are exposed to many safety and environmental risks. These risks include being exposed to blood, other body fluids, and infectious materials, sustaining sharps and ergonomic injuries, interacting with aggressive patients and the patient's family members, and inhaling surgical smoke. When the Occupational Safety and Health Administration was founded in 1971, its members acknowledged the need for leaders at healthcare organizations to provide a safe environment for their patients as well as their employees. A core strategy for organizational leaders to establish safe environments for both patients and staff members is taking responsibility for creating and nurturing a culture of safety. Leaders can strive to reach this goal in their facilities by implementing a just culture, a model and framework in which staff members are empowered to share concerns, near misses, or errors freely without fear of punishment. Background Humans are imperfect and therefore bound to make unintentional mistakes. When healthcare mistakes occur, they can be devastating for all parties involved and can lead to poor patient outcomes or injuries to staff members. In an organization with a culture of safety, personnel aim to prevent harm and achieve positive outcomes by implementing proactive strategies to identify safety gaps and strengthen processes for preventing errors. When an organization has a culture of safety, embedded in that culture is a collective mindfulness and a trusting atmosphere in which staff members and leaders embrace open and transparent communication and share the same values and beliefs about providing safe, high-quality health care. When mistakes or process breakdowns occur in a culture of safety, the approach used by organizational leaders is not punitive in nature. Instead, leaders and staff members recognize mistakes as opportunities for learning and developing process improvements to prevent future mistakes. When healthcare leaders address an individual staff member's mistakes or breakdowns in a punitive, threatening manner, they ultimately create an unsafe environment by blaming the individual for the mistake, rather than determining why the mistake occurred in the first place. A culture of safety is sometimes referred to as a just culture. In a just culture, leaders focus not only on why a mistake occurs, 
but also on the individual's intent, and then hold that individual accountable for the behavior. When using the Just Culture framework, leaders identify which of the following occurred and then apply the appropriate interventions based on the individual's intent. Human errors. These are errors or harms that occur because of human nature. Human errors are inadvertent, accidental, for example, a lapse in judgment, and unintentional. An example of a human error is an accidental needle stick that occurs while the scrub person is retrieving requested suture from the mayo stand and is distracted because the radio is playing loud music in the background. Some human errors are not minor errors and could cause harm. For example, error in medication dosage calculation. When these types of errors occur, managers should console the employee. At-risk errors. These errors or harms occur because personnel either do not clearly understand the risk associated with the activity or believe the risk to be justified. Although this type of error is a choice, the person believes their action will cause no harm. An example of an at-risk error is when a perioperative team member allows an unrecognized individual to enter the OR because he or she is wearing hospital scrub attire. The perioperative team member commits this error despite having just completed the workplace violence learning module that warned against this type of behavior because it is commonly used to gain unauthorized access to secure areas. When this type of error occurs, managers should coach the employee. Reckless errors. These are errors or harms that occur when an employee knowingly chooses an at-risk behavior and consciously disregards the risk associated with that choice. An example of a reckless error is a nurse falsifying patient records to prevent discovery of drug diversion. Because this behavior involves a deliberate and conscious decision by the employee, managers should implement disciplinary measures when this type of error occurs. The key factor for the manager to consider is whether the error was intentional. For example, purposely administering a higher dose of medication with an understanding of the effect it would have or unintentional, for example, misreading the order and administering a higher dose of medication. The intentional error is a reckless error. The unintentional error is human error. Likewise, individuals who commit at-risk errors do not believe their actions will cause harm. However, harm may occur as a result of their error. For example, if the person who was allowed to enter the OR intended to cause harm, for example, active shooter. The salient point is that the employee did not believe that letting an unrecognized person into the OR would cause harm. Key Elements of a Just Culture A just culture does not have a hierarchy of power. Everyone is held accountable for their behaviors at the same level of responsibility. Leaders encourage all employees to have situational awareness and develop a shared responsibility or collective mindfulness for keeping patients and team members safe. A just culture creates a level of rapport among the staff members that encourages and empowers them to speak up. Staff members understand 
that personnel at all levels of the organization are committed to sharing feedback, insights, or other information to improve processes, address system gaps, and make the environment safe. A just culture represents a paradigm shift in healthcare that replaces the traditional mindset of using punitive measures, assigning individual blame, and applying penalties, with a mindset of understanding that because healthcare is a complex industry, being accountable for safety is everyone's responsibility. Psychological safety. A cornerstone to adopting a just culture is nurturing a psychologically safe environment in which staff members are not only empowered but inspired to share mistakes and near misses freely and to challenge processes to increase learning and system improvements. In a psychologically safe environment, staff members do not fear disciplinary action or punishment for admitting mistakes. They speak up, discuss problems and mistakes, learn from others, and solve problems. These behaviors ultimately result in improvements in systems and processes that lead to safe environments for both patients and staff members. When an organization has embedded psychological safety in its culture, the result is an environment with 1. Enhanced communication 2. Partnerships among staff members across disciplines 3. Increased accountability 4. Effective conflict resolution and 5. Increased awareness and reporting of near misses and adverse events. Psychological safety is imperative to create a safe environment. When organizations do not have psychological safety embedded in their culture, patient and staff safety at all levels is at risk. Key indicators that psychological safety is not present in the organizational culture include 1. Underreporting of safety events. 2. Relying on technological solutions. 3. Promoting hierarchical or authoritarian relationships. 4. Using punitive approaches to errors. 5. Allowing qualified professionals to leave the organization. And 6. Permitting incivility. To determine whether an organizational culture includes psychological safety, nurses should ask themselves the following questions. 1. If a medication error is identified during a procedure, are staff members empowered to speak up and share the error without fear of punishment? 2. If staff members share observation of gaps in best practices, for example, failing to use smoke evacuators, are they encouraged to challenge their coworkers to follow best practice, or are they told, quote, this is the way we've always done it, end quote, and prohibited from discussing it further? And three, if a provider does not perform hand hygiene before entering a patient's room, are staff members empowered to speak up and ask the provider to perform hand hygiene before interacting with a patient without fear of receiving a negative response from the provider? Nurses who work in an organization with a strong environment of psychological safety should be able to answer yes to each of these questions. Leader Responsibility Leaders play a critical role in creating and cultivating a just culture. First and foremost, leaders must be both accessible and approachable so that team members feel free to engage with their leaders and involve them in addressing the challenges and barriers that they encounter. When leaders lead by example, 
meaning they admit when they do not know the answer to a particular question and are able to share failures that they have experienced and what they learned from those failures. It sends a powerful message to staff members. By sharing these types of experiences, leaders demonstrate authenticity and encourage their teams to mirror these actions. Leaders who are committed to creating a just culture also invite their team members to participate in problem-solving. These leaders value the insights and feedback their teams can provide. Team members who feel their participation in problem-solving is welcome are more engaged, accountable, and receptive than team members who feel their participation is unwelcome. For a just culture to thrive, leaders also clearly establish their expectations for team members by using direct communication and precise language. For example, avoid making vague requests, setting boundaries, and holding team members accountable for their behavior in a consistent manner. Staff Member Responsibility Although leaders establish and define the organizational expectations and commitment to safety, an organization with a just culture founded on trust also requires a commitment from all staff members to identify safety gaps and create process improvements. An organization committed to safety should address both patient and staff safety. Organizational leaders have a responsibility not only to develop safety plans, but to ensure this commitment to safety is included in each team member's job description and fully integrated into the employee code of conduct. This consistency provides a foundation for all team members and defines the organizational expectation of being committed to safety. For staff members to truly engage and commit to these expectations, the organizational culture also must support psychological safety. To provide the highest level of safety, staff members are responsible for reporting adverse events and near misses according to organizational policy. In high-reliability organizations, HROs, all team members are accountable for safety and hold the same commitment to identifying safety events and near misses. In organizations with a just culture that also use a high-reliability model, when a staff member identifies a safety event, organizational leaders suspend the hierarchy of command. The leaders engage the most appropriate and experienced subject matter expert, often a frontline staff member, to lead the initiative to close the safety gap. The frontline team members who are closest to the process often identify the best solutions to safety events. When organizational leaders do not enlist frontline staff members as subject matter experts, they fail to use their most valuable assets. By working collaboratively with frontline staff members, organizational leaders maximize their resources, build collective trust, develop a shared vision, and implement successful processes that support future team engagement. Staff Member Empowerment A critical factor in the successful engagement of staff members is for organizational teams and leaders to create environments in which staff members are empowered to speak up and know that leaders both hear and value their voices. Leaders can promote staff member empowerment by displaying a willingness to share their own errors or need for assistance. Staff member empowerment also flourishes when leaders embrace staff member engagement as a core responsibility and compel team members to report near misses and safety events and to mitigate harm by speaking up when they first identify an event.
Although staff member empowerment is a crucial element of achieving safety, some perioperative RNs may not have the experience, skills, or confidence to communicate a safety concern to other team members. Perioperative team leaders can use the concerned, uncomfortable safety, CUS, tool to help staff members express their safety concerns in a way that is both non-judgmental and process-focused. The three elements of the CUS tool are as follows. C. I am concerned. For example, quote, I am concerned that the documented amount of morphine administered to Mr. S. does not match the amount that was reported during the handover. End quote. U. I am uncomfortable. For example, quote, I am uncomfortable because there is a discrepancy between the documented amount of a controlled substance and the amount reported by Nurse F. during the handover. End quote. And S. This is a safety issue. For example, quote, This is a safety issue, and we need to reconcile this discrepancy before we do anything else. End quote. Using a communication device such as the CUS tool provides staff members a framework with which to articulate a serious concern to others. This model also provides clear structured language for perioperative RNs to use to bring immediate attention to a safety concern and to help prevent harm through early intervention. Tools and Resources In addition to creating a just culture environment that empowers staff members, organizational leaders must establish processes, for example, policies and procedures, and structures, for example, safety committees, incident reporting systems, for identifying safety events and near misses, and for collecting data, tracking outcomes, and performing critical evaluations to improve safety. One fundamental element of a just culture, especially in complex healthcare environments, is for organizational leaders to have a thorough understanding of why an adverse event or process or system breakdown occurred. There are many tools and resources that organizational leaders can use to gain a deeper understanding of why errors have occurred and address them in a blame-free, non-punitive manner. Examples of tools and resources that organizational leaders can leverage include 1. Root Cause Analyses, RCAs 2. Voluntary Incident Reporting Systems 3. Safety Huddles 4. Near-Miss Evaluations and 5. Recognition of a Good Catch An RCA is a method of investigation that helps staff members and leaders gain deeper insight into why a particular event occurred. In addition to the relevant organizational leaders, for example, risk management personnel, all team members who are directly involved with the event are included in the RCA. The participants share and discuss specific details about the event. For example, if a perioperative team member fell and broke her hip during a surgical procedure because she felt pressured to obtain a piece of equipment required for the procedure as quickly as possible, the RN circulator, surgical technologist, surgeon, RN first assistant, and anesthesia professional all should participate in the RCA. All team members should openly and respectfully share the details of the event and discuss specific processes to prevent this type of event from occurring again in the future. Critical for a successful RCA is creating a safe, blame-free environment 
in which participants can freely discuss the event that occurred, without fear of punishment or reprisals from others. One goal of an RCA is to provide insights for the individuals involved in the event about why the event occurred and for the participants to collectively identify processes or changes that need to transpire to prevent recurrence. The Joint Commission recommends conducting an RCA whenever a sentinel event takes place. Most organizations have some sort of voluntary incident reporting system for staff members to disclose details regarding a variety of situations and events that have occurred and might be considered outside normal practices or processes. For example, when a team member sustains a needle stick injury. Typically, the frontline staff member involved in the incident voluntarily enters the information into the electronic incident reporting system. Other relevant members of the organization, for example, other staff members involved in the event, infection prevention personnel, then review the incident report and follow up as needed. Although it is considered a passive form of surveillance, voluntary incident reporting is a valuable tool for collecting information and trending data. Personnel employ safety huddles in a variety of settings, for example, OR, post-anesthesia care unit, and the format ranges from pre-shift and organizational huddles to procedural timeouts and patient handovers. Safety huddles are an intentional pause and discussion of critical safety elements concerning the situation at hand. Regardless of the platform, safety huddles provide team members with the ability to understand, in real time, what barriers, challenges, or disruptions in the environment could lead to harm. Armed with this information, team members can proactively and dynamically flex resources to resolve the identified safety concerns. For example, during the daily team meeting, a safety huddle might consist of the OR charge nurse sharing that maintenance personnel have identified a gas leak in OR3 and then instructing team members who experience any signs or symptoms of exposure to seek medical attention if needed. Near-miss evaluations can be powerful tools for improving safety because they highlight a current practice gap that may lead to a much larger process or system breakdown. Near-miss evaluations give organizational leaders an opportunity to examine current practice and identify the defect or weakness that needs correction so no harm occurs. An example of a near-miss is a team member reporting that the newly implemented practice change of using smoke evacuators on all procedures has not been added to any of the preference cards. Consequently, surgical team members assigned to the breast reduction procedure almost missed the need for a smoke evacuator. A good catch is a type of safety reporting that captures events in which there was potential for a patient safety error, but it was averted. Recognition of a good catch allows users to acknowledge potential errors openly and then reward staff members who take action to prevent these errors from occurring. This type of recognition is an effective tool that empowers and inspires team members in a just culture. An example is when the director of surgery presents an award during a staff meeting to a staff member who took action to prevent a medication error. Just Culture and HROs High-reliability organizations are organizations that consistently deliver exceptional safety results in complex high-risk environments. 
industries such as aviation and nuclear energy are considered HROs because they rigorously prioritize safety. Personnel from these industries have been successful in identifying errors and then using those errors as learning opportunities. Personnel at HROs are determined and focused with a constant awareness of the possibility of system failures. They've established a just culture in which anyone, regardless of his or her place in the organization, is empowered to report system failures. These personnel also are extremely adaptable and have the ability to recognize and move forward with real-time adjustments so processes do not compromise safety. The Joint Commission recommends that healthcare organizations strive to become HROs. Personnel from healthcare organizations in pursuit of HRO status can use a variety of tools and strategies as they work toward achieving this goal. A key element of becoming an HRO is creating and fostering a just culture, encouraging continuous improvement, and rewarding team members who are willing to speak up, adapt, and help the organization increase safety is an important step on the path to high reliability. Implications for Frontline Nurses and Nurse Leaders Whether one is a seasoned perioperative RN or a new graduate RN entering the perioperative area, to create an environment of safety, nurses should be 1. Committed to both patient and staff safety 2. Empowered to speak up and share mistakes or near misses in patient care and challenge processes so that learning and improvement can occur and three, engaged and fully invested in organizational processes to improve safety. Similarly, whether one is a seasoned or newly promoted perioperative leader, to create an environment of safety, leaders should 1. Lead with clear communication, provide well-defined expectations, and hold team members accountable for their behavior in a consistent manner. 2. Listen to staff members, explore their thoughts, insights, and feedback, and invite them to participate in problem-solving. And three, bring challenges and safety barriers to individuals in the organization who can help rectify these issues and provide safe environments for both patients and personnel. Conclusion Creating a just culture demonstrates to staff members that organizational leaders are committed to providing a safe environment for all staff members and patients. A just culture values accountability and continuous improvement. Human error is inevitable, but when organizational leaders empower their staff members to speak up about mistakes, these mistakes become important and powerful learning opportunities. In a culture that focuses on blame and punitive responses, staff members are less likely to report errors or potential safety issues. A just culture provides psychological safety and empowers and encourages staff members to speak up. Leaders also must lead by example and set clear expectations for staff members. Creating positive and trusting relationships between leaders and staff members can support a just culture in any organization. Changing an organizational culture is not easy, however, and requires commitment from both staff members and leaders. Leaders must set the expectations, emphasize equal accountability, 
and provide tools that simplify and encourage reporting of potential safety issues. As the individuals closest to the work, frontline staff members must commit to speaking up and being engaged in the process. As organizational personnel work toward elevating their facilities to HRO status, creating a just culture can provide a strong foundation and environment in which staff members are empowered and encouraged to work alongside leaders to keep themselves and their patients safe.